us here in the adult service, God is continuing to have us in this series of making disciples. And I believe it's an important season that God has us in right now. I think about the, the nation of Korea and what we're going through in the moment and how important this of what God is imparting to us into our hearts of the truths that he is giving to us, how important this is because truly, my friends, the only hope for the nation is Jesus Christ. It is where his church in times like this rise up. Where us as his followers fully surrender our lives to him so that we may know what his will is. What he is doing so we know how to pray for his will to be done. And for his, his whole his kingdom to come here on earth. That is what we need in times like this. Not faith in another person, a man or a woman, but in Jesus Christ. Because it's in him that we have true unity, that we have oneness. So let's be praying for our leaders. Let's be praying that Jesus becomes the hope for our nation here, that he is the one that becomes the ruler, because that's what we need, isn't it? And so I believe this is so important for us to continue learning about what God has for us in learning about making disciples. As the verse that we've been looking at in Matthew 28, 19, I'm sorry, the English notes have a typo. It's Matthew 28, 19, and it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to just spend our time really focused on one word, and it's the word make. Go and make disciples of all nations. When Kelly and I decided to start a family, it was a few years after being married. We we wanted to enjoy our marriage. <laughs> and then when we made that decision to have children, um, I, I came across a very big reality. It was a difficult reality, and it was this. Just because you decide to have children doesn't mean you're going to have it according to your time and according to your plan. Because for us, we were in that category of couples where once we decided to have children, it took us a long time. Yeah. Um, looking back on it, it was around four years before Hannah was conceived. Um, but we didn't know it was going to take four years. Um, we didn't know if it was going to take one, two, three, four, five, thirty years. All we knew is that God put it in our hearts that we were going to be parents, yeah? that we were going to raise children for the kingdom. That's what we knew. We didn't know how that was going to happen. We didn't know when that was ha- going to happen. But that's what we had in our hearts, and that's what we were trusting in. But in the meantime, we thought we would do our part. 
And as a guy, I had no idea, especially as a single guy, all that is required and, and, the, and, the, and the miracle that it is of having a baby. I thought people just had babies, <laughs> right? And so, of course, if you've ever gone through this phase as a couple, you will know that there is a lot of calculations involved. There's a lot of timing involved. There's a lot of tracking involved. There's these small windows that you have to catch and, 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 and try. And, and it's on top of that, you've got to make sure that you're doing all the right things as well. And I was trying to do those things. I finally was motivated to exercise. So I was exercising. Yeah, this is the only phase in my life I exercised, but I was exercising. Um, and I was taking... Every kind of vitamin there was, I believe, that I knew of, A, B, vitamin C, vitamin D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, <laughs> vitamin Q, I don't know, Z for zinc. There's a lot of things that we were doing in our diet. And, oh, and of course, the opinions are many, right? You're getting a lot of opinions of how best to, you know, have a baby, and um, my mom, God bless her, she missed her calling. She should have been a doctor. And because, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of ailment you throw at her, she has a home remedy for it. Yeah? And, and things that you've never heard of. I've never heard of anyways. And for this particular time, she had um, <laughs> me drinking boiled onion juice. And I think, Kelly, you were drinking um, something of black sesame seeds. I don't know what that has to do with any of this. In fact, <laughs> I don't know how onion juice and onion breath actually brings us closer together. Um, so I didn't think it has to do anything with attraction. Maybe something inside. So I was just trusting in that. So we were doing <laughs> lots, of, lots of things, right? And as, as we were, of course, we, we went through the emotional roller coasters of, of anticipation and hope and disappointment, hope and disappointment, and, and, and that happened month after month, year after year, and also, also we experienced the, the loss and the, the sadness, of course, of going through a miscarriage. And all of those things, but in that time period, something incredible that God did in both of our hearts was that he showed us and revealed to us who he is. That, that God is the creator and he is the sustainer of life. And it is only through God could life be created. Yeah? And, and, and that was so formative. That was so solid for us. And, and as we trusted in that, I, I, I remember that most joyful day when we heard news of Hannah being conceived and the life of this new human being being formed and created inside my wife's womb. It was a joyous praiseworthy occasion. And the thing is, my friends, you would think after doing all of the, the efforts of trying to get pregnant and have a baby, like one would fi say, finally, 
you know, something to show for our efforts. But it wasn't the case at all. <laughs> In fact, it was the exact opposite. I, I was completely and constantly awestruck and bewildered that I had anything to do with this human being growing in the belly of its mother. And I, I think Kelly got tired of me asking, are you sure I had anything to do with this? I just can't believe. I understand the biology. Every, I think everybody here should understand the biology of all the, how that works, right? But I still was just astounded that there was a head growing in there with a brain and a heart and a body with five fingers and five toes, a soul, a personality, a human being that never existed before is now being formed. I have nothing to do with that. Amen? That was astonishing. It was amazing. It must have been something very similar to what the, the psalmist David, also known as King David, as he wrote, wrote in Psalms 139 and penned these words as he was meditating on, on the truth that he was formed inside of his mother's womb, that God was forming his inward parts and knitting him together and he says this in Psalms 139 verse 14 I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well as David was meditating and basking in the truth that he's been made he came to the knowledge and greater clarity of who his creator was and who his creator is. That it was nothing that he could do or make, but it is his creator that made him. And praise just sprung up out of his soul in this knowledge of saying, Praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My friends, when we're talking about making disciples, it is important to know that Jesus alone is the maker. That if we do not have this at the forefront of our mind, that he alone makes, that he alone creates, that he alone generates, that God alone is the one who produces anything and everything. If we do not have this, then we will come into a place where we will take the place of God in the things that he has us doing. Okay? So it's important that we know that God alone, God the Son Jesus Christ is the maker. In John 1, 3, it says so clearly, all things, everybody say it with me, all things were made through him, Jesus Christ. And without him, 
was not anything made that was made. All things. In Colossians 1.16, it says it even more with expanse. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is the creator. And when we are talking about making disciples, a disciple, let's break it down, a disciple is one who has chosen to completely die with Jesus Christ. And through the miracle of the cross, he is reborn into new life. Alive with Jesus Christ and surrendering his life completely to his will. This is a disciple. A disciple is birthed anew, reborn. Yeah? And there is nobody that can create life but the creator. He is the one who produces this new life. He creates this new life. He is the maker of the new creation that is us as believers in Jesus Christ. And so it is he that makes the disciple. And it's so important because when Jesus makes the disciple and his disciple, guess what? That person becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Nobody else. Yeah. And when we forget this or we don't know this, my brothers and sisters, it gets in the way. Because when when we when we have this knowledge and it's imparted and we live by it, it saves us from trying to save another person. We don't do the saving. We don't try to do the persuading. It saves us in trying to convince, in trying to help somebody understand with something that only God can create. Yeah? It saves us and delivers us from trying to make when there's nothing that we can make. Here, even the world understands this concept. There's a very popular quote that says, good artists copy and great artists steal. <laughs> yeah? And this has been said by many, many of the most famous artists and creators of our time, those who are artists and like to create things. They understand that there is nothing within themselves that can actually be new and create that never has been created. So all they do is take what has already been created <laughs> and they copy it, they borrow it, perhaps steal it, and, and mix it together in a new combination. But as we know, through what King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun that hasn't been made. Because we can't create anything. We must realize this. We must have this at the foundation 
of when we are to go and make disciples. Because it will take us into the right position of when we are speaking with, interacting with, and bringing the very word of God to those around us. God has to make the disciple. And so for the next few minutes here, and for the next weeks, I want to talk about a little bit of what's then our part, (laughs) if you will. Okay? So God says, Jesus, our high commander says, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, if he's the one who makes them, then what what do we do? (laughs) What do we do? And that is a very important question. And we'll be continuing to impact this time, time again, because there's a lot here, but we must start with this truth that only God is the one who creates new life. And that is what a disciple is. And we rely upon Him to make those disciples. For us, then, what, what and who are we? Well, we are simply, we are believers. That's who we are. And I and you have spoken these things out of our mouth several times, but it's so hard to believe. (laughs) We've said that, haven't we? But here's the truth, church, that believing is as second nature to us as breathing. We are believing all the time. It's what we do. It's what we've been designed to do. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that you believe all the right things. (laughs) But even if you're believing in not the right things, you're believing in them. For us to believe is central to who we are and what we do. It is the starting place of everything that we are and what we do. Did you know that even though you may understand something to be right, if you don't believe in it, it doesn't matter because you won't live according to whatever that belief is? Just because you learn something doesn't mean that you're going to let that be a real part of your life because if you don't believe in it, it doesn't become real. Does that make sense? And so we are believers because believers allow for God to speak and us to believe and for Him to do the work. Let's look at this man before Jesus was born, way before Jesus was born, Way before the prophets prophesied, way before there was Joshua or Moses, before the Israelites walked through the waters of the Dead Sea, excuse me, the Red Sea, and before that the Israelites even got the the stone tablets of the laws and, and the Ten Commandments, there was this man named 
Abraham that we saw a little bit of a clip of last week. Yeah? And what does the scripture say about him in Romans 4.3? Well, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Wow. Before, this is, this is long, 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 long ago. There was this man who believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Meaning, just like we were worshiping today, it was the righteousness of God was credited to him. He was in right standing with God because he believed God. It doesn't say because Abraham did many good things. It doesn't say because he was the most moral person in his neighborhood. Not because Abraham sacrificed so much or he even told other people about to believe in God. No. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is where we start, my brothers and sisters. It starts with knowing that we are believers. What's another word? I was trying to think of another word than a believer. Another way to think about what we are is that we are receivers. Okay? God is the one who creates. We don't create anything. We, he's the one who produces. We cannot produce anything. You have to get this. We can't produce anything. We're not producers. We're not makers. We are receivers. Okay? The only reason that we can even love is because God first loved us. It says there in 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. It is impossible for us to love one another if God hadn't first loved us. He loves us and puts that love in us, and then that is what allows us to love one another. We are receivers, my friends. We receive what He gives to us, what He puts into us. And when we receive it, and we agree with it, and we allow it to be absorbed into us, then He does the growing. It says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, So neither then the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. He's talking to people who are, who are ministering and, and make, going and making disciples. And he's saying the one who plants the word of God is not anything, nor is the next person who might be watering and nourishing that is anything. Okay? But God who causes the growth. So what does that mean to believe? What does that mean to receive? 
I want to see if we can break that down because I know this is so central to, to maybe even people's struggles. Yeah? For us to believe and for us to receive, it can't come from within. It has to come from the outside of us. You know, that's how we've been designed, is to actually receive from the voice of our Creator what is true, who we are, and as He speaks that into our hearts, we're able to just freely receive, agree with, let it be absorbed into us, and then what he does is he grows that life-giving spirit out of us. Yeah? That, my friends, is what it means to believe and to receive. Because you cannot believe something that's within yourself. And this is why people, you and me included, have so many other voices in our life that we have listened to and that we have agreed with and that we have believed in. But whatever you believe in will grow. Okay? It's like a planting that happens and that will grow. And it's going to grow death, which is anything not of God will grow death. But the life of God that he imparts into us is truth. His purpose. When we agree with that, when we receive it, it grows his life. And this is not something we do. It's just, it becomes who we are. Yeah? It's the life of God once we believe in what he has spoken, what he has put into us, that very life becomes our life. It is not just important for you to know that Jesus is your Savior. That is critical. Once you know that, you must know Him as your Lord and Master. In addition to that, you also need to know Him as your life. You see, Jesus is your Savior, He is your Lord, and He is your life. And how he becomes your life is we know and take our place of being a receiver, knowing that we cannot produce anything. Jesus said this, apart from me, you can't produce anything. You are nothing. Yeah, That's why he says we must reside in him, abide in him, remain in him as he remains and abides in us. And that's how the production Happens. That's how the making happens. So, when, how, where does this start? Well, it starts right here. When we're looking at this c- commission that God has given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples. Do you believe that is for you? <laughs> That's the truth of God. Do you believe that that is something he has said to you to go and make disciples? Because you will have other voices. This is his voice. This is his truth speaking into you. And the other voice says, no, you're not a minister. (laughs) No, you don't have the qualifications. No, I haven't been a Christian for very long. No, I don't know the Bible very well. No, 
There's many other voices. But he says to go and make disciples. And if you take that and you say, I'm going to receive that, Lord, to being that being truth, it's not going to be about me. I know I can't make a disciple, but I know you're the maker, and all you're telling me is to go and make disciples. I'm going to go do that. Because I believe that to be true. And I'm going to absorb that, and I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to let you grow that out of me. I'm going to do it. Not because to, just to do it, but because you have accepted it. You believe it. This is where it starts when we talk about making disciples. And we're going to then continue in, in the weeks to come of what our part is because it is, it's not just a passive thing that we do. We know that Jesus is the one who makes disciples. But there is such a, a beautiful work that God does with us and in us and through us. It is that union that we have with Jesus Christ. Did you know that we're his bride? That he's married you? If you are a believer and you've made him your Lord and Savior, you are one with him. And he is doing things with you. And you are doing things with him. It's not you and him saying, okay, go and good luck. No. He's walking right with you. He's in us. And we're together making disciples. He's the maker. We're the believers. And we're going to talk about the amazing truth of what that produces as we listen to his call. So be praying for what God has been teaching us, allowing for this to settle in you, and let the Spirit of God continue to minister. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for bringing to us such simplicity and clarity about these very important truths. Father, that you are the Creator. That, Lord, you are the maker. And that, Lord, you have made us to believe in you and you alone. Father, whatever you are speaking into the hearts of the people here, I thank you. Thank you for ministering to each one of us. Especially in this area of what we believe. And these places of what we're believing, may you, may you shine the love of your light in your pureness of your grace so that you may show to us what you want to do. Father, may we come as we've been singing and worshiping to you with boldness your throne of grace in our time of need where we cry out to you that Lord we need you to speak into us to fortify our hearts to help us believe the right things that produce life 
so that we may go and also make disciples that are solely surrendered to you. Thank you, Jesus, for exalting the name above all names in our hearts today. And we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name.